Take your Bibles, if you will, please, and turn to the very last book in the Bible, Revelation, and find chapter 20. We have been on quite a sacred journey to the heart of God. Recently, He has opened our hearts more and more to be aware of those who we have living around us, who we, uh, our lives intersect with them all throughout the week, that do not know the Lord. The Bible refers to them as being lost. I mean, they know exactly where they are, but spiritually, they're in darkness. They do not know the light of God. And so we've become burdened with them. We've become praying for them more and more and looking for opportunities to share our stories of how we were brought to Christ and how the gospel impacts each of our lives. And it's become an increasing burden. Have you felt that burden in your own life? I know many of us have. You know, Casting Crowns has got a a song that's been out for a long time. It's called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. But in it, there's a line that says, Break our heart with what breaks yours. Lord, break our hearts with what breaks yours. And what breaks his heart is seeing men and women, boys and girls, who go into an everlasting eternity and do not know him as their Savior and Lord. And so we've been asking him, God, make us keenly aware of our responsibility, our role in encouraging our friends to come to faith in Christ, bringing them to worship opportunities like this, like we had Friday night with uh, the jubilaires here and such. And, and, and Derek and I have promised you, every time we gather, we're going to share the gospel story in a clear and powerful way. I tell you what, though, folks, the more... I get concerned for my friends and the people that I meet that don't know the Lord. The more my concern focuses on something that is yet to come. The Bible says that there is a day of judgment coming. There is a reckoning coming. There's going to be a time that the books are going to be balanced. And that is a significant time. That is a huge time. It's not an easy thing to preach about. It's not something that we want to use as a lead-in as we're sharing the gospel with others. But it is a distinct reality nonetheless. Tony read about it just a few moments ago in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 21. Where it says, and it is appointed unto men once to die. Now, this is important to grasp. There is an appointment involved here and an appointment that you will not miss. You can make an appointment with the doctor. You can make an appointment to have your car serviced or whatever. And you may or may not show up there. But this is an appointment that you will not miss. And it says there is appointed unto men once to die. That means each and every one of us without exception have this appointment that we're going to come to the end of life. It may be in our old age. It may be as a young child. We we don't know when that appointment is. A lot of people will say, well, you know, you die and then you're done and you just, you know, it's just the end of everything. But the scripture says there's something that follows death. It is appointed unto men once to die and after this, there is an after this. And after this, there is judgment. That's what I want to focus on this morning. Every person, every human being, Saved or unsaved, regardless of your race, regardless of your nationality, regardless of your language, every human being will stand before Christ in judgment. Some of you say, now wait a minute, wait wait, wait a minute, Pastor. 
Uh, the way I understand it is that the Scripture says that the believers don't stand before judgment. Well, let me answer that question for you. The answer is yes and no. All right? John writes in John 5, Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. That means that our sins are judged on the cross of Jesus Christ. And our sins are taken care of. They're judged and dealt with correctly. But there still remains a time that even believers will stand before Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. We'll stand before him. Why? Not to have our sins judged. That's already happened. But the deeds that we've done in the body. How we have lived. How we have dealt with the gospel. How we have lived lives that reflect Christ. We still have a reckoning even those who are believers. I want us to understand that clearly. Romans 10 14.10 says, We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and each one of us give an account to God. But that being true, and that deserves really a sermon all of its own, what really concerns me is the judgment that will impact those that are lost. Those that are not believers in Christ. Those who have scorned the gospel. Or even those who have pretended and made substitutes. Like just being a member of a church or attending a church. Or doing a lot of good deeds or giving money or whatever. These folks. I tell you what, this keeps me awake at night. These are the folks that will one day stand in judgment. I want us to turn to Revelation 20 and read about that. You turn to 20. I want to read just a moment from verse chapter 19 right before that. And after this I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just. For He has judged that great prostitute who corrupted the earth in her immorality and avenged on her the blood of His servants. And once more they cried, Hallelujah! And the smoke of her goes up forever and ever. That's just the chapter before chapter 19. But 20 is what I'm going to read from today. Revelation chapter 20. And begin reading with me in verse 11. Verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne. This is often referred to as the great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. From whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And then I saw the dead. Small and great. Standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one, according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death, and Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, who, who's being talked about here? What does this mean? What is this judgment? That all men and women from all walks of life, from all time, even those who've long been dead, will be raised 
and stand before this judgment. And look at the awesome results. There will be some cast forever into the lake of fire. Lord, this is more than we can bear. Because among that number, they may very well be family members. There may very well be very dear friends. There may very well be neighbors that we've lived with and beside for years. Prominent people we've seen on TV and read about in the paper. A lot of them good folks as far as earthly standards are concerned. But Lord, we're troubled by this. And we're also troubled by what role do we have in seeing that those we love never face these judgments. Holy Spirit, open your heart to us as we open our heart to you and teach us from your word, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now there are, are Christians, teachers, commentators, pastors who will teach you that there are three different judgments. There's a, a judgment recorded in Matthew that speaks about the, the separating of the sheep from the goats. And then there is the judgment of the Bamish seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ for believers, and then the great white throne judgment. And I can see those three. I can follow along that thinking. Others see, no, that's really just three different ways to explain the one event that's going to happen when all mankind is going to stand before God. You know, for right now, we can just set that argument aside. The fact of the matter is, they all agree on this one thing. There is a time of judgment coming. And that time of judgment is going to be for all mankind. Jesus Christ is the judge. The scripture tells us that God has given all judgment into his hand. Why? Because he is the one who provided a means of escape. He is the one that provided a means whereby all mankind who would believe in him would be saved. And so if he is the dividing line, God saw fit, the Father saw fit that the Son would be the judge. So he is the judge on that day. And the dividing line is what did you do with me? Did you crown me as your Savior and Lord? Or did you ignore me and go on and live life beyond me? And that is the dividing line. There are only two types of people in this world. It's not divided on the, by the sexes. It's not divided uh, by the nationalities or language or whatever. There are only two types of people in the world. And that's those who have responded affirmatively to the gospel in Jesus Christ and those who have refused it. And all mankind is divided down that law. The scripture tells us in Romans 2 that we will each give, uh, each of us will receive what we have done in the flesh. Believers will be judged by Christ for their works that they have done since their salvation and unbelievers for refusing him. Here's what I want to see. I want to focus on this 20th chapter of Revelation. This is going to be a total judgment. No one will be left out. From Adam and Eve all the way to the last person born. Every human being of all time will be at this judgment seat. No one will miss this appointment. Secondly, this is going to be an absolute truthful judgment. 
And the truthfulness of it comes in these books. Will you look here at verse 12 especially? It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. Ledger books. Books containing evidence. Irrefutable evidence. Books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in these books. What, what, are, what are these books? What are these books? And what, what's in these books? What, what, what is this that you and I are going to stand and be judged by? As I studied the Scriptures, I, I've been able to come up with six very clear mentions of books by which we'll be judged. And I want to take you through those this morning. And we can see clearly whose names are there and why. Okay? The first book is Psalm 139 and verse 16. And it's called the book of members. Psalm 139 is a beautiful and wonderful psalm. But one of the things it says in there is, God, your eyes saw my substance being yet imperfect and your, in your book, all my members were written. This holds the book of evidence of who we are. This is the book that holds our identity. You, you can, looking back now in modern science and looking back what, what God wrote right here, it is clear he's talking about he formed our DNA. He formed our absolute uh, programming. We're distinctive in our fingerprints. But we're even more distinctive in our DNA. Our DNA written at the very point of conception that governs much of our life all the way through the last breath we take. Our DNA. And we are recorded in that book. And let me, let me, let me make this very clear. There's no mistakes made. You're, you're not going to be mistaken for another John Doe. Because it's not your name, it's not even your fingerprint, it's your DNA. God says, I created every one of you, I knit you together in your mother's womb, and I know exactly who you are. Your name is written in this book, the book of your members, the book of your identity, who you are. Now believers, let me tell you something. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, and you were baptized into Him, and you were cleansed by the blood of Christ, your DNA got rewritten. It got rewritten because your name was then taken out of the book of the general population of all time, and you were written in the Lamb's book of life. Your identity cannot be shared by anyone else. But non-believers, let me let you, let you know this. Out of this book, the book of your members, God knows exactly who you are. He's not going to mistake you for someone else. He's not going to say, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't get a clear record of who you are. No, he's absolutely certain. He knows every person who's ever drawn breath, and even those who've died in the womb. Every person whom he's knit their DNA, he knows. And the members are written in this book. The second book I find is the book of words. In Matthew 12, 36, it says, But I say to you that for every idle word you speak, 
you will give account of it on the day of judgment. And Malachi 3.16 says, Every word that a man has ever spoken is recorded in his book. This is the book of words. Every word you've ever uttered. Every careless phrase you've ever uttered. Every profanity. Every vile thing you've said. Every critical word. Every complaint. Every words of bitterness. Every sin ever uttered from the mouth of man is recorded in this book. Irrefutable ledger evidence. Open, open the book that says Tony. Identifies him clearly because it's in the book of Members. Every word he's ever uttered. Can you grasp that for a moment? That God's had a microphone in your face from before you could even speak well? Everything that you have ever uttered. There's been things there that have brought him great joy. There's been things that have brought him great pride. But there's been things that have scalded his ears. There are things that have disappointed him greatly. But it doesn't matter. Every word is written. Now let me tell you something. Believers, those who have come to Jesus Christ, you have made him your Lord and your Savior. You have surrendered yourself to him as the Lord of your life. I want you to know something. Every word that you have ever uttered has been stricken by the red blood of Jesus Christ. You're redeemed and you're under his protection. But if you've never come to faith in Christ, every biting insult, every crude joke, every profanity that you've ever uttered, every critical thing you've all recorded in the book, your words, irrefutably yours, even when you were quoting somebody else, every lie, Every deceit, the Bible says, are recorded. And on that day, this book is going to be opened. And your name will be called, and, and you can't dodge this, and it'll be you and not anybody else. And every word revealed. That's the second book. I find a third book. Recorded in Psalm 58, 56, verse 8. And I call it the book of tears. The scripture says, you have not numbered my wanderings. You have put my tears in a bottle. Are they not all in your book? There's a book of tears. A book of tears. And this book of tears serves two purposes. The book of tears for the believers, for those who love God, Every tear they've ever cried out of their loneliness. Every tear they've ever cried because they've been persecuted. Every tear they've ever cried because someone has shunned them or, or teased them because of loving Christ. Every tear is, is collected in his bottle and recorded in his book. He, he doesn't miss it when you hurt folks. He doesn't miss it when you're maligned for Christ. He doesn't miss any of this. But also recorded in that book is the person who hurt you. The person who persecuted you. The person who maligned you. The person who caused you to cry. What happened and why? Their names are recorded in this book. 
Your names are there because you're cherished by Him. Because you believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. But every person on planet Earth who is ever persecuted or maligned or teased or scoffed, a believer, their names irrefutably written down. And the day comes when this book is opened. And they come to the name. A name that can't be confused with any other name. It's you. And every word is already in there. And every time you have done anything to persecute or cause pain to a child of God, clearly written in the ledger and exposed for everyone to see. This is heavy stuff, isn't it? Heavy stuff. There's another book. It troubles me even more. It's found in Romans chapter 2 and verse 16. It's the book of thoughts. In that day, God will judge the secrets of men's thoughts by Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes 12, 14 makes it even more clear. For God will bring every deed into deep judgment and every secret thing, whether good or evil. These are your secret sins to be exposed. These are the things that you did in your mind. You may not have acted on them, but you thought them. Say, wait a minute, that's not fair, Brother Fred. Read what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you have heard it said by those of old that you should not commit adultery. But I tell you that even when somebody looks after a woman in lust, has already committed that sin in his heart. Recorded. Written down. Every time you, you hate somebody and you, you, you say their life is worthless and foolish, he says, now that's committing murder in your heart, in your thoughts. Are you hearing me? Your very thoughts are written down in his book. Whether you acted on it or not. You see, we, we, we have this idea that, well, as long as we just do something in our mind, it, it, it doesn't hurt anybody. Wrong. First of all, it causes an attitude within you that's going to lead to actions that hurt that other person. But even more so, it's condemning to you. When you entertain those thoughts, it's written down in the book. No, 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 no questioning whose thoughts they were. They were yours. Your, your DNA is the only DNA there is, and it's your name that's called. And then each of the books are open for everybody to see. Even the book of thoughts. Every time. For believers who have accepted Christ, listen to me. God has cleansed that. He's expunged your name from there and put you in the Lamb's book of life. But if you have not put your thought life under the blood of Jesus Christ, the books will be opened. There's one more book I want you to be aware of, and that's found in Revelation 20. We read it in verse 12 just a few moments ago. The dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. Every deed you've ever done, everything you've ever done in the body, I mean from kicking the dog 
you name it. Any action whatsoever. Nothing is missed. You think God turns his back and doesn't see what you're doing? Come on, folks. Nothing escapes the one with whom we have to do. And it's all written down. But I didn't mean to. Let's open the book of thoughts. Well, it says right here you did. The scripture tells us. Without exception. With no place to hide. And no other place to go. You and I all stand before a righteous God. When the ledgers are open. And there's no place that we can go. There's no excuse we can give. There's one last book I want to call to your attention. And this book has more said about it than any of the other books combined. This is referred to as the Lamb's Book of Life. Paul writes in Philippians, he says, I urge you also, true companion, to help these women who labored with me in the gospel, and Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Believers, earnestly working for the kingdom. Earlier in Revelation, Revelation 3, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But he will confess my name even before the Father and before the angels. Chapter 13, verse 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life from before the foundation of the world. Chapter 17. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend from the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the of the world. Verse, chapter 20 verse 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life. Is cast into the lake of fire. Chapter 21 verse 27. There shall by no means enter into it. Anything that defiles or causes abomination or a lie. But only those whose names are written. In the Lamb's book of life. And the last warning in your Bible in chapter 22, 19 says, If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and from the holy city and from the things written in this book. More is written about this book than any other. What is this book? This book records the redeemed. This book records the DNA, the thoughts, the deeds, the words, everything of the redeemed. And those that at one time would have damned us have been erased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And only the name appears. The name that Jesus wrote in his own blood. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, he deals with all of the guilt from all of these other books. And your name is expunged from those books. And then he opens the book of life. And there he writes it down indelibly. You're, you're his. And you're his for all time and eternity. Listen to me folks. Here's what's, here, here's what's crushing my heart. Here's what is so heavy on my spirit. I have friends and neighbors. And I have family members just like you do. 
whose names are written in these books. And it's not that God condemns them. The evidence condemns them. Their own thoughts, their own words, their own actions. And on that day, when the books were opened, and the judge speaks truth, those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life will enter into eternal damnation. That's heavy stuff, folks. Man, I'd, I'd much prefer to talk about, you know, God's grace and goodness and He loves everybody and, and those things are true. But listen, He does that to present His gospel. How do, Brother Fred, how do I know my name is going to be expunged from those books and written in this book? One way and only one way. That's for you to come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And to do that today. Right now. I don't want my name written in the library of the lost. I want it recorded in the library of the redeemed. How can that happen, Brother Fred? Here's what you need to do. You need to just confess the reality of your sins. Say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit all of the stuff that are in these books is absolutely true. I confess that before you. And with all that is within me, I want to turn away from all of my thoughts and deeds. And I want you to be the Lord, the Master, the King of my life. I believe that when you died on the cross, it was to expunge my name from those books and to write my name in the book of eternal life. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to be my Master and Lord. I want you to be the boss of my life. I don't want to have to stand before you and have those books opened and revealed not only to me, but to the whole world the kind of person I really am. I want you to make me a new creature in Christ. I want you to bathe me with your blood. I want you to cleanse me and forgive me. Write my name in the book of life to where I can know all eternity is secure. Do you know where your book name's written? It's there. If you've ever drawn breath, your name's there. Which books are you written in? Where do you want it to be written? Let's do business with God right now. Will you pray with me? Father God, I bow before you in the name of Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit. I've shared from my heart, and it's been heavy, the things that you've shown me from your word, the reality that my family members, my neighbors, my friends are going to be facing. If they continue to refuse you as their Savior and Lord. But I also want to bow before you in utter thanksgiving. For the way you have stricken my name from these books. Not because of any good I've done. But because of what you've done. Because I've just simply accepted your death and resurrection as atonement for my sins. And surrendered my life to you. Right now there are some here today. They know their names written in the five books, the Library of the Lost. But they don't know. But they long to have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Right now it's time to do business with you. May they pray with me even now and say, Dear God, I confess to you 
all my sins. With all my heart, I want to turn away from doing things my own way and make you the boss of my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me and cleanse me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In your own blood. And let me know that I am saved. And for all time and all eternity, I'm your child. Father, I know on your authority that any person here today or watching by media, the very moment they surrender their lives, they are born again into your family. The angels begin to rejoice, and we want to rejoice too. So, Father, in the next few moments, I encourage you, Holy Spirit, will you just encourage them to come, to come and publicly say, I prayed with the pastor today. And we want to celebrate that their names are, are no longer recorded in the books of condemnation, but only in the books of redemption. Now, Father, I also want to pray for every one of us here whose name is in the book of life, that you would put such a burden on our heart for our friends and neighbors, that we cannot rest at night. We cannot be comfortable knowing the, the pathway they're on. Father, move us to pray for them. Move us to find opportunities to encourage them. Move us to find ways to share our story with them and tell them how we've been saved. Because we don't want them to have this fate. We want them to be in heaven with us. To spend eternity with us. Lord, would you give us that burden to carry away today? In just a moment, Lord, as Ed begins to lead us in this song. It's a song for us to have an opportunity to respond. It's your invitation for us to say yes to you. The altar is open. Lord, will you encourage people just to come and pray? Pray for their loved ones that, that we know today they're going to be standing before the books. Pray for courage. And Lord, for those that have prayed today to receive you as Savior and Lord, will you encourage them to come and let us rejoice with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.